Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hi everyone, I'm Aislinn Kelly, Deputy Editor at FitPro, and today I'm talking to Dr. Ariane Missima about your client's posture. Thanks for joining us, Ariane. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, please begin by introducing yourself to all the FitPros out there. So hi everyone. So my name is Dr. Ariane Missimer. I'm the founder and owner of the Movement Paradigm in the States. So I'm a physical therapist and registered dietitian, and I've actually been in the field, the fitness, nutrition, and rehab uh, field for about 20 years. So my business model is really an integrative approach to health, and I, I aim to blend Eastern and Western medicine philosophies, but it's also rooted in neuroscience, movement science, and functional medicine. Fantastic. So from if we're talking about posture then, from a technical perspective, why is good posture important, and what are the different physical elements that make up bad posture, you know, rounded shoulders and so on? And what impact do these bad posture elements have on the body if they're not corrected over time? So that's such a, an excellent question. So I always like to kind of first start by defining posture. So posture really isn't just a position, but it's a dynamic pattern of reflexes, habits, and adaptive responses to really anything that resists you against gravity, ergonomics, work conditions, and maybe even abnormal anatomy. So it's dynamic, transient, and ever-changing. So it's not really a static position that we often think of it as. And as I speak with my, my patients and clients, you know, I recognize even more so now after being in the field for so long that it really results from our thoughts, beliefs, emotions, injuries, past experiences, and how each person interacts with their own environment. So I always say to people that it, it ultimately is your story and it's how you present yourself to the world. So sometimes it's a choice and how they want to do that. And one of the things that I've, I've learned, which has been really interesting over the years, is that there is no one perfect posture. So in PT school, I was taught, just like many other physios, to assess the posture via a plumb line. And after thousands of intricate posture assessments, I recognize that this is not the most efficient use of my time. And watching someone move and how they move and how they carry themselves down to even the language they speak is absolutely invaluable. So when we talk about bad posture and the elements that it can have on the body, again, there isn't necessarily one true perfect posture or ideal posture, and that's been actually proven in the literature. So it's hard to quantify. Now, people can be over-patterned in certain ways just because of their daily habits. So there can be an association with arthritis, although there's not sufficiently enough evidence to link it to pain, which is a lot of times what people think. There is also a link to emotions. So how, how we hold ourselves positively or negatively can affect our emotions. So if I always like to use yoga as an example. So if you stand tall, like in a mountain pose, which is a more upright, powerful position for a lot of people, versus a child's pose, that which is more of a surrender position, it can evoke different emotional states. So that happens with our body language all of the time. So kind of in essence, there's really not one specific exercise or multiple exercises that will quote, 
unquote fixed posture. It has to be a true lifestyle change. So what techniques do you think instructors and PTs could try and implement into their sessions to help them to assess the client's posture and where they ought to be and monitor it and to ensure it's correct for them? So I so I always say rather than a, a static posture assessment, I recommend from an assessment perspective is watching their habitual movement patterns. So when they come in the door for the assessment, watch the way that they sit, the way that they bend over, the way they cross their legs, how do they hold themselves, like uh, even so, something like which side do they carry their pocketbook on, and and then ask them a lot of questions about their daily life. So how do they, how are their ergonomic at work, for example. And then I, after, after that is I always recommend some kind of actual movement assessment. There's so many different movement assessments that you could do, but really that's an opportunity to look for gross asymmetries in movement and their dynamic posture. So, you know, rather than if one hip is higher and one shoulder is forward, you're looking for more gross asymmetries. And then the the next, I say, most important thing is with every patient and client is to assess and restore breathing. So we breathe 20 to 25,000 times a day, and that is linked to postural control. So posture and breathing are interdependent on each other. So from a breath standpoint is it's the foundation of every movement that they do. So I do encourage as a postural cue to stack the rib cage over the pelvis. Uh, that's something that I, I do kind of use as a as a, a great cue to guide them to encourage optimal communication of the thoracic diaphragm with the pelvic diaphragm. And if someone can't breathe during a movement, regardless of how easy or challenging it is, I'll modify it to encourage good feedback to the nervous system. So unfortunately, most people are living in a fight or flight state. <laughs> so we want to restore stability, which is equal to safety. So you know, basically that because posture is more than just muscle imbalances, it's dictated by the brain. It's really important to look at movement and also just reflexive stabilization. So I'm a huge uh, barefoot person. So as an example, to provide the appropriate sensory information, like barefoot in, in, in an assessment as well as a training session versus high cushion shoes, can provide them with such great feedback to stabilize the body more efficiently. Great. Now, are there any exercises that instructors could give to their clients that they could do when they're at home uh, to sort of keep that going and to help improve their posture? Yes. Yeah. And I, I actually have a, a good good example of, of a patient that, you know, some, this is just a very common type of, of you know, assessment slash patient that I would see. So he obviously had pains. This might not be appropriate for all the professional, uh, fitness professionals. However, most people coming into a fitness setting have pain, unfortunately. So he was a person that presented with just right-sided neck pain, and he had more of that apical or thoracic breathing pattern. And he was very limited in motion to the right, and then every time he looked up, he would deviate his neck to the left. So, you know, what I said to him is I said, you know, it seems like during the course of the day, you might be looking to the right more frequently. I said, you know, you know, when you get back to work, go ahead and check your workstation, see what you're doing, what, you know, where is your mouse, where is your computer screen? And he texted me just, you know, the next day and said, everything I do, I'm turning to the right. So, which was really, you know, really fascinating. So within a month after him just addressing his daily habits at work, and of course I provided him with a good sound movement program, 
and and obviously breath work, he's had no pain that he has had for almost 10 years. So some things that I recommend to to a, a lot of people, a lot of clients I work with is one is to make sure that they're practicing breath work at least 10 minutes a day and also to take about three deep breaths every hour to make sure that they're moving as frequently as possible. So I, I encourage everyone to get up every 30 minutes so that they don't become over-patterned in certain areas or positions, that they have appropriate shoes, so minimal to no cushion, a very flexible shoe, very little to no heel so that they're getting more accurate information coming to their body, a standing desk, but if they do that, to make sure that they're moving frequently and weight-shifting. A lot of times people have vision issues, so that causes them to lean forward or change their, their position from that perspective. So, you know, also making sure that they need glasses or something like that. Headsets are great. And then just setting up their workstation effectively. And then the last last thing that I think is really powerful from an emotional standpoint, and we know that that's linked to posture, is giving them a word that really resonates with them. So something like, you know, be confident or be strong or be fierce or powerful, something that they feel like really, you know, means something to them that they can walk around their day with that word in mind. Fantastic. And are you able to talk us through some of the latest research that's been done to investigate the effects of bad posture and the efficacy of corrective techniques? So there's definitely an extensive amount of research on postural positions and breathing. So the link between the two, those two things. So as we know, the diaphragm plays a simultaneous role in inhalation, postural control, GI function, vagal tone. So there's, there's definitely a link from that perspective. The interesting thing about bad posture is what we've we've said for so many years is that it's not necessarily, as I mentioned earlier, linked to pain. So the more and more studies that are coming out are showing that, you know, even something like changing thoracic kyphosis is not necessarily improving shoulder pain, which is kind of the things that we were always taught is we have to improve thoracic extension to improve shoulder function. And I think it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting that, you know, it's not necessarily supporting what we've been taught over the years. So it is, again, linked to emotions. And that's there's more and more information on that recently. And, you know, for example, if you're in a depressed state, you may slouch forward. Or if you're slouching forward, conversely, you can also feel like you're in a depressed state. So they can kind of go both ways. So that's kind of like where the, the research is going at this point. Fantastic. And, and can you share with us three take-home pieces of information that trainers should really consider before working with the next client? So three things that they really need to focus on. So I would say the first thing is just the existence of an ideal posture alignment is not grounded in concrete evidence. So to really focus on how they're moving, how they're feeling, and changing their overall lifestyle habits. Uh, then the second is the characteristics ways that we sit, stand, walk are deeply rooted in our past experiences, emotions, injuries, thoughts, and behaviors. So it's not just a plumb line with specific postural exercises. It's a lot more. There's a lot more involved. And then the last thing is just focusing on assessing movement and how people change their movement and their lifestyle patterns because it's more than just muscle imbalances, it's conscious reflex controlled pattern. And can you recommend any, any academic resources that they can look at for further reading and research if they want to explore this topic a bit further? Yeah, uh, a great book that I love is The New Rules of Posture by Mary Bond. 
and a another great book is Recognizing and Treating Breathing Disorders by Leon Chateau. And uh, PeenED.com is a great resource as well, and they pr- typically provide a lot of different research there. And then there's also just a great systematic review article. Uh, is thoracic spine posture associated with shoulder pain, range of motion, and function by Barrett et al. Brilliant. And there's lots of other resources as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, Ariana. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time.